So talking about this, um, what I'm using with fundamental energies or ways that we operate. <coughs> so I was talking about the pleasure principle and also the somethingness that's about um, order, clarity, precision. What? Mm-hmm. something that's about motivation and getting things done and getting on and developing or improving or you know that motivation energy it's part of what we're about <coughs> something in us that as human beings we step back we have an inclination to get an overview sometimes to theorize And those are all essential. They're all part of what what we're about. And they all can go wrong or become sources of suffering or sort of self-orientation. That is, you know, we continually, habitually go to one of them and accentuate it to the point of ignoring the others. <clears throat> So the harmony is the balancing of these through knowing them, through the awareness of them, through not being mesmerized by them. <clears throat> Roughly speaking, these boil down to certain indrias, or like uh, uh, you know, or they develop into certain indrias or, or called dominating faculties. So the, the sense of, of uh, the pleasant or the agreeable or that which bonds becomes uh, called the samadhi indriya. Mm. And the precision is about panya or discernment or that which knows distinctions. It's not about feeling something, it's about, you know, this is this, it's this big, it's this small, and we all have that. We have the kind of motivation, go for it, the persistence, energy. We also have something that sustains an overview, keeps stepping back from that, this ability to uh, trust, confidence and mindfulness is the one that bears all this in mind it's just this it's quite it's a quality of a like an attention it has a certain amount of wisdom in it it defy it but it's it's not really defining it's just actually placing knowing this is this so it's a applied fully applied attention without um, biases. And it's always then we can kind of, with what's called sampajana or full awareness, we take in what we've applied our attention to, where sati has brought something to mind, mindfulness has brought something to mind, bearing it in mind, 
And full awareness is the faculty that gets the sense of that, what it's about, how it's changing. <clears throat> so we start to learn through sati, sampajana, or mindfulness and full awareness, or however you like to uh, translate it. Just, mm. Now the quality of, of um, discernment or precision or this, this uh, ordering that we do as human beings. Like, you know, we all, it's part of nature. That, you know, things have a natural order. There's an understanding with uh, discernment, with precision, with wisdom. It's supposed to be a natural quality that we attend to, we listen to, we enhance it. For example, you know, when you come in, notice that you know, the sandals are outside the door, the left sandal, right sandal. Most everyone puts their left sandal on the left side, the right sandal on the right side, and they're kind of together. It helps because that's where our legs are. <laughs> the left leg is on the left side, the right leg is on the right side, so naturally when you take your sandals off, they're there. But generally we also put them together. So it's a kind of, you can sense there's a certain order about that. We pick up the basic order and then as a human being you kind of tend to, to um, develop that a little bit. We have shoe racks to put the shoes in. So it's unusual to see you know, uh, one shoe on one side of the room, the other shoe on the other side of the room. You know, literally together. Yeah. So there's a natural order and something you know, picks it up and, and develops it because it's a, a gathering in. It's a sense that we give attention to, to a simple thing like where you put your shoes and the result is something that gives back a sense of clarity, attention, precision. It's, you know, it's taken that and it's added, it's just added to it. We come in here, we bow three times, we have cushions we sit on, we wear robes in a particular way. There's a certain sense of order about that. And attending to it uh, is calming because it's got, you've got some definite actions to attend to, some definite tangible actions to attend to, some definite tangible objects to attend to. So it helps to just bed the mind into the actual, where we can start to get some balance, some stability. So this sense of a kind of tidiness uh, is important. We have routines, you know, you know eight o'clock, eight fifteen, seven thirty. Bell, bell rings. We get to the Dhamma hall. Oh, sort of, we call it on time. And it's like that. But you notice it, it can, it, when it becomes abstract, it gets absurd. Because, for example, if you really want, if everybody did get here on exactly the same time, we wouldn't be able to get in through the door. <laughs> Imagine 25 people trying to get through the door at the same time. So we call it on time, it's not really on time. Everyone's either too early or too late. Yeah. 
if you tried to get your robes on perfectly, you'd have to get rid of your arms, legs, and body, because bodies are not robes. So wearing our robes, uh, it's an order, and yet it's not exactly so. Everyone wear them slightly different, different bodies, different shapes. So you see there's both that sense of a precision, but it's not abstract, it's not maths we're doing. When you do walking meditation, for example, you notice actually you don't really um, have one step, two step. One step flows into another step. You feel how it is, how it actually is. We, take, we talk about taking one step at a time because that's a good indication, a good sense of, of you know, don't be hurried, be complete. Give your attention completely to what you're doing. When you finish doing it, let go of it. So we say that, take one step at a time. But if you notice, if you walk, you don't really take one step at a time as your weight goes down onto one leg, the rest comes there, then the other, the energy moves the other side of the body to pick the other leg up. Then you move along. So we call it one step, or one step, two steps. Actually, it isn't one step. It's one step which gradually becomes the next, becomes the next, becomes, there's an order about it. So we use things like that, one breath at a time. Actually, if you notice it, you're breathing, as you breathe out, it goes fully, it goes into a kind of pause. The energy is still there, you're not dead. And then it swells, comes back in again. And yet we call it one's breath, one, in, one in breath, one out breath. Because that's a useful thing, like saying, get to the Dumber Hall at quarter past eight, or get to the, you know, put the rope, put the mats on this side of the room, because it's a useful thing to focus on, to, to get us in touch, to steer us back to the actuality. The actuality is not numerical, it's not mathematical, it's not actually law, but it is order. And when you feel that, the idea is that you're using that sense of precision, the sense of it, the sense of one moment, even though there isn't one moment, but the sense of that, to cause the mind to attend, listen, pick up, And then that pleasure sense can come in because the mind is then open. Now if it's law, it's so bound up with fear of getting it wrong with compulsion to make it work that you don't get the sense of pleasure of the mind opening. You get the mind continually gripping, tightening up. This is the difference, or a difference you can discern between wrong and right concentration. Right concentration, samasamadhi, is always accompanied by, by pleasure. So if it's, 
accompanied, if it's not accompanied by pleasure, it isn't yet right concentration. We have to go back to real basic, basic what we're bringing in here. To learn to meditate is to learn how to eat. You know, sometimes when, the, when you can't do breathing, it's too subtle, you can't feel it. Get to what you can do and can feel. So you, everybody eats. Sooner or later. Here it's a regular thing. We say we have the meal at 11.30. We never have the meal at 11.30. Of course, it's always too early or too late. And yet we say we have the meal at 11.30. We come in and then there's an, a rough time around there when, you know, eventually the bell rings and we start eating. Yeah. So you get some sense of order there. And then within that you can notice the, I wish they'd hurry up and get this done. I wish I'd hurry up and get to the meal. I wish I'd get that food in. Or, oh, I was busy doing something else. Why do we have to rush to the meal? You know, that kind of sense of these pressures. And you just keep relaxing that into the natural order that is unfolding. The meal is always about to come. It might be five hours, it might be 20 hours, it might be three minutes, it might be one second. It's always about to come. And even when it's right in front of us, it still hasn't arrived yet. And then you put the food in your mouth and it's gone. You know, then it's no longer the meal, it's just sensations and feelings. We say take one spoon at a time as a training. It's a helpful training. Mm. Even though one spoon is never quite a spoon, it's either half full, three quarters full, you know, whatever. And it depends what size of spoon you have. Yeah. And it's uh, still we get that sense of it. And it's a useful way to meditate, to learn to meditate through eating, because in that you get a very distinct push to want to get the food in, or you may feel aversion to it, or you may not feel interested. You get some kind of response comes up, and there's this physical action, making up a spoonful of food, only one at a time. You can only get so much in your mouth at one go, you know whatever a mouthful is, we take one of those and you have to chew it, swallow it. So all that means that if you're with that process and giving the body the time it needs to do that, rather than the mental or emotional push <coughs> or even a superimposed uh, mental <coughs> idea that you should <coughs> go really slowly or stop eating, Try to get the natural flow, <coughs> the natural order of it, <coughs> which isn't these uh, <coughs> rushes of compulsion, you know, which come from the uh, instincts on the mind. And so you can learn to meditate through through eating.
learn to cultivate through eating, drinking, walking. You learn the sense of precision, an order that's not rigid or abstract, but a natural order within that your mind starts to settle because it is natural and there's something calming and reassuring about being in a natural order it holds, it collects, it gathers us it gathers us in if it's imposed it constricts us we don't feel settled, we feel gripped we feel trapped, we feel compelled we feel like that but if if it's a natural order it holds us snugly it holds us because it's the natural form of our our bodies you might say our embodied life meditation is like this breathing in and out is the most obvious thing normal thing that we do all the time <clears throat> it has a natural order to it unfortunately uh, many of us have learnt breathing from mindfulness of breathing from a, from an idea so we impose that on it we think mindfulness of breathing is a something we you add to rather than learn how the body breathes learn what happens learn how we know we're breathing as if we never knew it before and then the precision to just be with the flow of sensations and energies and that's that's pleasant that's why the Buddha recommended it he said I find this pleasurable it makes the mind happy to be breathing so we wonder why why isn't that the case is it because we have an idea we should be or we could be or how it's going to happen or what we're going to do or is it because our energies are so scrambled uh, through life, through karma that we can't feel it if you can't feel it then you, then you, you're not, you can't do it then you do something you can, you manage with something you can do you feel the natural order of your body the, the posture, the sense of uprightness, the sense of the feelings and sensations in the body. You feel it get in the order of your walking, of your eating, of your moving around. And gradually, through processes like that, the energies become less scrambled and confused and settle down. And there comes a point when you really... Ah, that's what breathing is. Yesterday I got a small pleasure in fixing a thermos flask. I had this one of those thermos flasks where you, uh, you know, you, you there's a kind of button in the centre of, of the top and you push it down and the idea is that when you push it down it opens and you can pour water out of it 
and then you push the ring around it and it closes, it pops closed. Well, when I mine didn't do that, I pushed it down and tipped it up, nothing came out. Uh, wriggled it around, took the top off, fiddled with it, put it back on again, pushed it down, then water started spraying everywhere. Oh, okay, took it out. So I spent a couple of periods, actually, or two or three periods of the uh, evenings, tea time, uh, lunch break for two days, investigating this thermos flask, uh, that kind of... And I thought, as I started, I thought, oh, here I go again. This is just typical terrier getting into something, obsessed with the thermos flask. But this is who I am. I'd better go with this. And... Uh, to get past the idea of getting the thermos flask fixed, you know, just taking it apart and looking at how the rubber ring fits, and how it doesn't fit. You know. I had an idea of where the rubber ring should be, and I kept putting it to where this idea was, and fiddling with it, and it didn't work. And there's the, actually, how does this thermos flask work? I looked at it, ah, and as I fiddled with the rubber ring, there was this nice little click as it slipped into place. And the sense of, that's how it works. <laughs> you know. So it's, just, it's rather like mindfulness of breathings like that. One has an idea of making it work. You know, so we get into the Vitaka, vichara, piti sukha, first jhana, so forth. Mindfulness of breathing, mindful of the body, mindful of feelings, mindful of, you've got the map there. But actually one hasn't really breathed or been with a single breath as it actually is. When it actually is a breath, something in you goes click. Oh, that's what it is. And you come to direct experience and trusting in direct experience trusting in direct actual experience it's always strangely tricky because one of our skills and strengths as human beings is to have a lot of abstract knowledge about how things work and how things should be and to let go of that to be someone who doesn't know a thing is quite unnerving. But that's kind of what you have to do in order to let, it, let things speak to you, let them guide you, let your body guide you, let your breathing guide you. You have to not know what it is, how to do it. And with that sense of uncertainty or wobbliness or how is this going to happen this is where sense of faith or trust is so important to not have to get it right because you're okay you've taken refuge you're okay and this thing comes together from that base of faith that base of openness we learn we're willing to learn to be attentive 